The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com. My name is John Boccasino, and joining me right now on the podcast is our co-host, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, last week I gave you the moniker Venerable, and the Bills went out and uh, proceeded to drop a heartbreaking, mind-numbing loss, 19-16 to to the Cleveland Browns. So I think we're going to revert back to just calling you our esteemed co-host for the time being. Yeah, well, I was going to say you should just turn away from all compliments, period, and let's see how that one goes. You know what? The way that Buffalo played on Sunday, a lot of Bills fans were scratching their heads. Um, this this podcast here is kind of going to be a smorgasbord of our thoughts, both about the team and uh, the game and moving forward. But um, the one thing, Jamie, that I want to talk about first and foremost is in this game versus Cleveland, we talked about what Buffalo needed to do to be victorious, how big of a game this would have been. Their probability of making the playoffs dropped 26%, according to those nerds out there that put together those probabilities of making the playoffs, including the New York Times and uh, you know all the other different outlets that are prognosticating. This one hurts. This is a tough, tough loss for Bills fans to swallow. Um, but the first thing I want to go to, we could talk about Steven Hauschka missing the 34-yarder, not even the last field goal that he missed, the one from 50-plus yards, which was a difficult one to begin with. But um, you know, there was the Hauschka misses. There was the ineptitude of Josh Allen to once again connect on the deep ball. Um, there were problems with letting Baker Mayfield drive downfield for a game-winning drive when he had shown that you know, outside of the first drive of the game, when he and Jarvis Landry had a really hot connection, Baker Mayfield was not great at all on Sunday. And yet the Bills found a way to lose this game. For the first time this year, the Bills found a way to lose a game that they had in their midst. It felt like, I don't know, I, I just don't know what to say, Jamie, because this game has me head scratching. It has me frustrated, just like rest of Bill's mafia out there. But, you know, this was a game that a lot of Bill's fans had trepidation over because 
the Bills didn't match up very well against Cleveland. The Cleveland's strengths uh, coincide with the Bills' weaknesses. Uh, Cleveland's ability to run the ball, the Cleveland's defensive line, those were those were things that were going to give the Bills fits. And, you know, the Bills don't have a, a dominant number one receiver. And the Browns have some really good corners. So it, it was going to be challenging. And the way the Browns drew up the scheme, it was they created an excellent blueprint on defense on how to attack the Bills. And, you know, I, I hate to quote Dennis Green right now, but all season long, I've been saying the Bills are a middle of the pack team. And I think with this loss, I can say comfortably they are who we thought they were. Thank you, Dennis Green. Great quote out there, and again, another great Denny Green quote after they lost to the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football in a historic comeback was, you want to crown their asses? Well, crown their asses. Well, no one's going to be crowning the Bills' asses as uh, AFC contenders you know, right now, unfortunately. Um, that's what happens. You, go, you blow a chance to really take a commanding lead in the wild card race and by dropping another game against an AFC opponent. There's no, no way to spin it, Jamie. This loss really stings, and uh, what I want to start with here here, you know, on, on Billy of a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Why on God's green earth was Brian Dable dialing up 41 pass plays for Josh Allen in a game that was a, a one score game and B a team that Cleveland that cannot stop the run. They are horrible against the run. I know Devin Singletary didn't get his number called too much on Sunday. Why Brian Dable went away from the motor after he erupted against Washington is beyond me. I am so frustrated right now, Jamie, as to why the bills were dialing up the pass 41 times, 14 running plays by the running backs. That is unbelievable. The fact that the bills called twice as many pass plays as run plays on Sunday. There's not a lot to say other than it really doesn't make sense. I believe that they were throwing because Cleveland was stacking the box. Now, okay, I understand that when you've got eight men in the box, that says, okay, we can stop the run. Well, you know what? You still have to establish that run. You still have to give it a shot. You have to scheme yourself into success in the running game. And let's face it. Josh Allen is not ready to carry a team to victory yet. I don't want Josh Allen throwing the ball 40 times a game. I want that capping out at around 25 and seeing the running backs get the ball about 25, 30 times a game. To me, that's the winning formula. And at this point, I had been really rather going rather easy on Brian Dable, thinking that he had been calling some pretty good games. But over the past few weeks, that is really reversed. And I, I think that there's good reason to consider his play calling suspect, even to the point where I wonder if he'll be back next year. I think he will be, but does his performance in the second half of the season so far, does it warrant that? I don't know. I, I, I'm with you in that I was going to give Brian Dable a pass for much of the season because Buffalo was winning. But I think what's so crystal clear and so evident from what happened on Sunday, Jamie, is that Brian Dable, listen, he likes to rely on a bag of tricks. And he, they, he usually calls a trick play at the worst 
possible moment. You know, these gadget plays work because, you know, they catch the other team off guard. They catch the opponent, you know, napping. You catch him by surprise. What Brian Dable seems to do is take a, a, a freak uh, surprise play, a gadget play, and break it out just when the offense seems to be moving, just when the offense seems to be getting some rhythm going. And what happens is those trick plays end up stymieing Buffalo's offense, not confusing the defense. And to me, I don't know why he gets so cute when it comes to the play calling. I know that Brian Dable does have a lot of esteem in the football world as being someone who is a good coordinator, as somebody that you know can dial up a big play. And it's not, it's not all his fault that Josh Allen made some bad reads on Sunday. My gosh, how many times was Buffalo faced with a third and four? And you look at the highlights afterwards and where he tries to throw the ball, whether it's to Dawson Knox, whether it's to John Brown, you see on the other side of the field or even right next to the receiver that was the target on one play. There was one play where Dawson Knox was the guy who was forced the ball. And if you look three yards away from him, there's Cole Beasley wide open at the sticks for a first down. I, I'm not blaming that on Brian Dable. He's not the one making the play call. Josh Allen has to get better at recognizing and reading the field. And I think a lot of that comes down to Josh Allen played Sunday skittish. I feel Cleveland's game plan, even without Olivier Vernon, was to attack with the pass rush to make Josh Allen feel uncomfortable. And if you're a Josh Allen hater, this game really fed into everything that you're believing because Josh showed just how poor he is when facing pressure. Absolutely. The entire game was spent with him either not seeing open targets, not recognizing what the defense was doing, or just missing uh, his receivers with throws. That is a terrible combination in any individual game. Now, I think part of it can go back to Brian Dable because you had a a quarterback who was struggling to read the field. And that was very obvious if you watched any of the film after the fact. What Dable should have been doing was drawing up plays, things like designed rollouts where Allen only had to read half the field, maybe have one or two reads and then take off running. Those kinds of plays probably would have helped. Uh, but instead, you had a quarterback who was getting happy feet, afraid to stay in the pocket and just missing guys that were wide open. The play that stood out to me was when Dawson Knox was wide open in the end zone, so wide open that uh, Matt DeMarco was pointing at him for, down in the end zone, and Allen delivered the ball late, which happened a number of times, and the ball got there late, defender knocked it away, that would have been an easy, easy touchdown, didn't happen. Um, and, you know, it's those kinds of plays that just need to be made in order for the for the team to win, and, you know, you talked about the chances of making the playoffs dropping by 20%. Even the eyeball test says, oh, this might not be a playoff team right now. And, you know, there was another side of of the game that didn't go very well. If I may address the defense. Uh, Jamie, before you go to the defense, real quick, I want to throw one more thing at you about Josh Allen real okay, quick. Okay, sure. Um, 
So this stat, I want to give a lot of credit where credit's due. Tyler Dunn came up with a stat here that I think just summarizes everything that Bills fans feel about Josh Allen right now. And I know he's getting a lot of flack for his deep ball inaccuracy. He is now 0 for 16 on passes that travel 30 plus yards in the air. And he only has a 36.4 passer rating on passes that travel 20 plus yards in the air. Now I know Jeff uh, Kantrowski, Scarecrow from Buffalo Rumblings is going to do a good piece. I feel coming up about how fans are a little misguided when it comes to Josh Allen and missing on the deep ball and he is getting better, but it's just frustrating time and time again when they'll try a play action or they'll try a deep ball. and Josh just cannot make that vital connection. How do you feel about that? I think that it's become mental with him at this point. And I, it seemed like the first attempt of the two deep ball attempts was very different than the second Josh Allen, and I I said this to one of my buddies during the game, which was it seems like instead of trying to complete a pass, what he's trying to do is heave the ball down the field as far as he can. Well, not as far as he can, but he's trying to just chuck it as opposed to completing a pass. The second time he looked like he tried to put some more touch on it and it was just a bad throw. Um, I don't. I don't know what it could possibly be other than a mental block at this point. And the more the media asks about it and the more fans clamor for the deep ball to be completed, I think the worse it's going to get. That's ugly. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's definitely a compounding issue. Uh, you're right, Jamie, where you know it, le- it, it snowballs. The more less success he has, the worse he's going to perform out there, and the media pressure is only going to continue. One area that we both agree that Buffalo really exceeded and uh, was successful on in Sunday's game against Cleveland was the goal line defense. There were eight straight times that Buffalo had a goal-to-go situation facing a Cleveland offense that had really gashed them with the run game, and the Bills stopped them time and time again forcing there were 11 plays total that Cleveland ran at the goal line in the first half those 11 plays led to three points so really Buffalo was lucky to even be as close of a margin as it was on Sunday how well did you feel the goal line defense played against Cleveland you know what that was my favorite moment of the past two seasons combined I was (laughs) I was ecstatic when I was watching that and you know that was one of those moments I truly thought this is 
a season defining moment. And this is the kind of thing that can propel the team forward. And, you know, the way people were celebrating, and of course, every week I watched the game with the Washington, D.C. Bills backers. Gregory Wall, Stacey Hauser put that together. It's really a wonderful thing. If you're ever in D.C., John, I am going to make you come and and watch a game with me there. But anyway, I digress. Um, the place erupted like it was a, a game-winning score, and it, it was it was a wonderful moment. And there was an article that was written by Joe Buscalia where he pointed out that it was the safeties that were just absolutely clutch on that, either penetrating into the backfield or they were uh, closing off the outside angle, doing well and contain. It was absolutely an, an amazing thing to watch. And if the defense can pull that off, you would think that they would be able to stop a team, I don't know, um, outside of the five-yard line. But when it counted, they didn't do that. Yeah, unfortunately, the one time that Cleveland did get a goal line touchdown, it was the game-winning score. Baker Mayfield found Rashad Higgins in the back of the end zone. Levi Wallace had a horrible game. He, I don't know, I had doubts about him, uh, a little bit of doubts about him after the performance that he's had earlier in the year, including against Washington, and uh, he got burned repeatedly against um, the the deep ball that Baker Mayfield was looking. Jarvis Landry had a field day torching Levi Wallace. Levi really giving some doubts out there if he is really a true CB2 or not in this league. But at the end of the day, Buffalo still had a chance. And again, what happened was the pressure that Cleveland put on Josh Allen that last drive, you know, Cleveland just brought the pressure. And they know that Josh Allen cannot handle the pressure. I don't even want to get into the fact that Buffalo was huddling on that last drive, wasting precious seconds. Oh my God. How frustrating was that, that it almost felt like Brian Dable and the Bills were playing for the tie when Hauschka has proven that he is struggling this year and the team gives him an extension in the offseason. He pushes a 52-yard kick wide left. Buffalo ends up losing this game. Now, for the fans who are calling for Hausch money to be unemployed, who are you going to go out there and get as a kicker that is more proven? There is nobody on the free agent market that I know of that Buffalo can bring in to replace Hauschka. So this is a situation where the Bills just have to do better at knowing the situation. And I feel like on Sunday, they were hoping and hoping that their veteran kicker would get his groove back instead of doing enough to get even 10 yards closer. They had more time, Jamie. I feel they left them really on the field. Uh, You know, the other thing is that early in the season, you were watching the Bills get into the hurry-up offense throughout the game, and it was effective, uh, especially the first couple of weeks of the season. They've gotten away from that. And I not only would I like to see them go back to it over the course of the game to really get themselves a rhythm, but you know, they really should have been employing that at the end of the game. It was, you know, watching the seconds tick off of that clock was absolutely maddening. You don't want to put your kicker in a position to have to kick a 50-yard field goal. That's just, you know, that's not fair to that person. And yeah, Hausch could, he didn't kick it square. It, you know, didn't jump off his foot the way it normally does when he kicks the ball. But that happens. And you need to, you, you need to really reduce the, um, reduce the the margin for error by getting closer, which they failed to do. Um, And, you know, I do want to circle around and and talk about Levi Wallace on that last touchdown that he gave up the go ahead touchdown by the Browns. 
I don't know what he was doing out there. He was literally running the wrong direction uh, of the receiver. It's like, was he chasing a ghost? What What was that? <laughs> uh, but I I agree with you that you know they're going to have to start looking at you know his performance and really getting him help out there because it doesn't look like he is up to the task anymore despite starting off the season pretty hot. It was a great story last year. It was a great success story for Levi to come and be an undrafted rookie free agent out of Alabama and prove himself being a worthy corner, one of the top 10 corners by Pro Football Focus. Unfortunately, his his weaknesses are really showing through and Baker Mayfield took advantage all day long. Unfortunately, Jamie, the Bills dropped this game to go to 6 and 3 on the year, 7 and two would have been an awesome way to go, giving yourself a game and a half cushion in the wild card race. Now Buffalo and the Bills opponents coming up, starting with Sunday's game against the Dolphins. There's not any easy games left out there, except for maybe the Jets finale at home. But this is going to be a tough sledding for Buffalo. Of course, you can follow all of your Buffalo Bills news here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, and on buffalorumblings.com. For my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino. Please go to follow us on social media at Buff Rumblings. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. We'll be back breaking down Buffalo's Week 11 game with the Miami Dolphins coming up here on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.